0: All right, Kev, Surviving Golf Podcast, back for another week. Uh, Got a lot of stuff to talk about. Uh, Starting off with this, though, new logo for the newsletter, for the podcast. Need to give a special thank you to Ryan Gormley, a friend of the podcast, guest of the podcast, for putting that together. Gives us some legitimacy. Um, I think it looks fantastic. So if if you're a reader of the newsletter, uh, a viewer of the podcast, you'll see that new logo. Very, very well done. Want to thank Ryan and, of course, as always, gotta thank Redtail Golf Course for being the official golf course. Sorry, Red t- Redtail Golf Course. It is not a country club. I got corrected on that last year, last last week. I mean, Redtail Golf Course as the official golf course sponsor of the Surviving Golf brand. Thank you to those two. Thank you especially to Ryan. Um, Before we get into the night. What's going on, dude? Any any big takeaways? What do what do we got this uh, tonight? We we don't have a lot of uh, a lot of golf specific stuff, but before we get into story time, wanted to hit you up first.
1: Yeah, um, yep. Logo looks great. If you haven't got a chance to look at that yet, um, give the newsletter a peek. Love the colors. Love lo- love everything about it. And just happy to. It, it seems like we're a little bit more legitimized now, you know, with the with the official logo. So um, yeah, that was exciting uh yeah red tail accepting of the public so not a country club um thank you to them again new new sponsors there um and yeah we got a lot of stuff in the works a lot of stuff to be excited about um yeah don't have too much um on the golf this past week um watched a little bit of it um but you know happy to to get on to the florida swing and um you know, some tough courses and and some familiar courses and, um, just like a familiar part of the schedule that I'm, that I'm pretty excited about. So, um, yeah, it should be a fun week.
0: Yeah. But before we get into all that, and I sort of alluded to this, uh, at the top of the podcast, I have a little story to tell stems from last week's podcast. When I questioned, uh, Hideki Matsuyama's, uh, lie in his, in his round that ended up winning the Genesis. Um, I've questioned Matteo Pavon's, uh, cheating earlier in the season and a friend of the podcast Alex who's been on a few times uh, like accused me of cheating and I immediately got defensive and I think the reason why um, that I didn't tell Kev or Alex and I think a lot of people will be hearing this story for the first time except for probably my brother who's heard it 50 times is because I have a cheating scandal in my past that I haven't told Uh, I wrote about it tomorrow in the newsletter extensively so if you're hearing this you're probably going to read a lot of the same stuff um, but it's a fresh story and it's good to get it off my chest. Uh, I will protect the names of the innocent, but the name of the guilty party, uh, I will be revealing, um, because if he's listening, I, I want him to hear this and know how it's affected me, um, my entire life. But so I, I played, uh, I started golfing when I was probably 10 years old. And the majority of my time from when I was 10 to probably when I was midway through high school was spent at Jamestown golf course in Jamestown, Rhode Island, which if you don't know, is a very tiny nine hole, beautiful course, but like probably 2,500 yards for nine holes. Um, Not long. Uh, I know in the juniors league that I played, we played off the ladies tees when I was 10 years old. Um, But I say all that to say uh, either before high school, the summer before high school or the summer after freshman year, I can't quite remember. Um, and I called Jamestown to ask, and they, they somehow still don't have this 20 years later. Um, I played in a summer series for the juniors that ended up being a bracket-style tournament of eight junior golfers. I was one of them. Three rounds. Um, cheating, cheating scandal happened in the finals, but my path to the finals was quite, quite amazing. Um, I played a kid named Patrick. I forgot his last name. In the first round, uh, we played atrociously, um, and I ended up losing in stroke play on the last hole. We were tied going onto the last hole. Um, he made par. I bladed a chip over the green chipped on miss par and then miss bogey to lose by two. I believe I lost 54 to 52 in stroke play. I was pissed, uh, I didn't think I was going to win the tournament, but I definitely didn't think I was going to lose in the first round considering the guys in the league. Um, but I did. So I, I get in the car. I'm all pissed off. I get home that night, and I get a call from the the tournament director, like the guy who runs the league, who said that it's actually match play. We're playing, not stroke play. So I had won somehow. Uh, I had not kept track of the holes I was winning, but I had kept track of the strokes. That's what I thought it was. It wasn't. So I won that matchup. Patrick has it stolen from him. Uh, you know, after that, after that 52, um, which was, which was a winner and I move on to the second round and the second round is going to be against the number one seed. This kid who was a absolute monster for 15 years old from North Kingstown. I hide his name in the newsletter, but I'm going to say it here. His name is Josh North. Great kid, amazing golf. I don't know what he is now, but amazing golfer. When he was 15, Was shooting even par pretty easily every single week in the league. And I know my run is over now that I'm playing him. We get to the course and his thumb is like the size of a freaking balloon because the night before he had sprained it super bad playing football. And I like he can't really swing a club. He's grimacing with like every single shot. And I like hang with him. And the only I'm going to get this out of the way. The only reason why I hung with him is because he has one hand. If he had had two hands, he would have absolutely blown me out. But we tie um, with 43s after nine holes and we go to the first hole, which, Kev, you know, it's a ultra short par four, like probably 260 yards from like the tips. Um, we we're playing it shorter than that. I had about a 20 foot birdie look. He had about a three foot birdie look because even with one hand, he was still probably better than me. I two putt from 20 feet. Um, I, you know, I regrettably believe my run is now over. Um, he knocks his three foot putt about 12 feet past the hole. And it is just dead silence on the green because he is stunned that he didn't he just did that. And then, of course, from there, misses the par putt. So three putts from three feet away um to lose that match and send me triumphantly into the finals. Um, and again, Do not deserve to be here. I've now escaped two bullets to get to the finals. But regardless, whatever happens, happens. I can't control that. But now I'm here with a chance to win the championship. My opponent is Steven Evangelista. And I say that again. Steven, if you're listening, uh, I still remember this, like, shot by shot. But we won't go shot by shot. We'll just take you guys to the fifth hole. Where on the fifth hole, I am three up. Through four, standing on the fifth tee box, which the fifth hole is, if it's a hundred yard par three, that may be exaggerating. Like it probably played 70 yards when we were playing it. I think from the back tees, it's like 110 yards, but a tiny, tiny par three. Steven hits his shot into the right rough uh, about pin high. I hit my shot short somehow on a hundred yard hole into the left green side bunker. So we're on opposite sides of the green. I'm short. He's deep. He's in the rough on the right. I'm in the greenside bunker on the left. I'm getting ready to hit my shot. And all of a sudden I hear, dude, you just grounded your club. I just saw you ground your club. And I stop And I'm wondering who just said that. And it's him. It's my opponent telling me that I grounded my club from about 75 yards away from me in the rough. Um, and I didn't for the record. I I didn't ground that. That would be a penalty for your non-golfers. Um, And we start bickering for like probably two to three real minutes um, because I didn't do it. He thinks I did. I asked him how he would possibly see that. Um, He said he saw it. Regardless, um, we're playing with two regular adults in a group. They're starting to get annoyed with everything. And I, in that moment, can put like right now, as I'm telling you this, I'm putting myself back in the bunker as a 15-year-old, by the way. And I think to myself, you know what? I'm three up through four. I'm dominating this match. It's my time to like be the bigger person here and just accept this and stop arguing because we're making a scene and just play the hole. So I reluctantly take the penalty. I double bogey that hole. Steven wins it with a bogey, of course, um, because he couldn't possibly par a hole. Um, So I am now two up after that, going into the sixth, which is a long par four slash five, depending on what tee you play it from. On the green and two, three putt bogey. Uh, lose to a par, of course. So now I am one up going into the seventh. Seventh is a par three, about 142 yards. If I remember correctly, perfect pitching wedge for me as a junior. Um, I stick my I stick that shot to about four feet. I then three-putt bogey from four feet uh, on that hole uh, to lose that hole. Wait, I'm wrong. I two-putt par from four feet because we tied that hole. Okay, so we tied because I know going into eight I'm one up. We tied that hole. I'm one up going into eight. I hit my tee shot out of bounds on eight left. I lose that hole. We're then going to the ninth. Um, ninth is a par five or sorry, a par four, four. up the hill bridge in the background. Beautiful hole All, water on ball the left. Sc-
1: All square. All
0: square on the ninth tee. I hit the to that tee shot in the water. Of course, left um, end up losing the match. And When he makes his bogey putt to win the match, celebrates loudly right in my face uh, in match play, and I, like, I'm sort of like again, like I'm starting to picture myself like right back on the green. If you're listening to this podcast, and I've ever been an asshole to you in sports, uh, if I've ever argued a rule too much, if I've ever been overly competitive, if I've been mean on the court, I just want to let you know. If that hadn't happened, I'd be a much nicer person. Like I feel like all, all my assholeness in sports came from that moment right there, watching him sink that putt and celebrate in my face like he didn't have to cheat to win uh and call me out. And I took it like a bitch. And it's one of my big regrets in life. Um and I can tell you on on the life of my wife and daughter that I did not ground the club in the at the fifth hole. Um and yeah, like, I just think it's really been like my villain arc as an athlete started right there on the ninth green at Jamestown country club in the summer of either Oh two or Oh three, depending on when this was. And again, you can blame Steve evangelista for that. Uh, again, Steve, if you're listening, I, I hate you. I deserve to that, that juniors tournament championship who knows how my life is different. But again, if I've been mean to you, it's not my fault. It is not my fault. It stemmed from right there. Uh, and that it was a regret. And that's why I probably am a lawyer and argue rules for a living. It's why I don't budge in competition. And it's just a lot. But that is that is my childhood trauma story, my cheating scandal um, at the shady Jamestown Country Club. And again, I say it again, uh, Steve, if you're listening, go fuck yourself for that.
1: <laughs> wow. Wow. that's that's a lot, dude. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, that's all right. No, I'm happy you were able to get that off your chest. Um, Yeah, Ed Ed and I have been very good friends for over 20 years, and I've actually never heard that story before. Um, So I I feel like I'm almost like an audience member and and that I'm I'm taking the story in for the first time. Um, Wow, yeah, that's a a lot. First of all, your run just to get to the finals was –
0: Incredible. I will say this it did <laughs> did not deserve to be there, frankly. But but once you're there, like that's it didn't ha- it didn't either, have to right? go down like that. It didn't have right. to go down like that. Right. Josh right. North didn't have to play football the night before. He <laughs> could have just won that tournament walking away if he had just played sissy sports like golf.
1: Yeah. Right. Right. So yeah, you take a certain risk. Um, yeah. That's uh, no. That's an incredible story. If you've never played Jamestown Golf Course, by the way, in Rhode Island, it is a Hidden gem, only nine holes as Ed said, but um, super nice, beautiful, very short. But
0: if you um, have three and a half hours to spend, it is the greatest oh, yeah. spot in the you, world.
1: You, <laughs> you will, yeah. All these holes, I can. First of all, Ed, your ability to to recall every single shot is is amazing. Um, but I know this course very well. I played there m- many times, and so I can, as Ed is describing the shots, I can picture each hole very vividly. Um, seven, the par three in particular. You will with be with the waiting. tennis,
0: the tennis courts behind it. Like. Yeah.
1: You'll be waiting for about 45 minutes to, to hit that tee shot because it gets, it yep. gets backed up like a good three to four groups. But um yeah, no, incredible story. Uh, who, who is it? Steven. Steven. Eva- Evangelista. Evangelista. It's
0: unfortunate uh, his last name even has like something biblical attached to it because right. like I said there's he's going a, there's not an ounce of good in that. He's man. going to yeah. hell, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: there's nothing there's nothing good about that man, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no no, just incredible story. Um, and I know how old were you at that time? 15?
0: So I think I was either 14 if it was the summer before high school or 15 if it was after freshman year by my amateur math there. But okay. I think that's I had 15 max because I didn't have a permit. I wasn't driving. I know because my mom picked me up from that and it was just like the most silent car ride of all time headed back from that tournament. Yeah. So I, I know yeah. I wasn't driving. So I'd be 15 at the most. Okay. Yeah, it's difficult to,
1: I, and I often wonder about this too because I also my my parents started me playing golf when I was very young and I um I don't know they would always tell me that I was like oh yeah like they like you're so good for your age when you're younger and maybe I was but then at a certain point you just get older and like you're still doing the same stuff and I'm like you know like yeah. how good was I really you know <laughs> like I, and I don't really know like I don't know if I was playing correctly or if I, I'm I'm sure you I'm sure that you you know, did not ground your club in that bunker. But I think that I, you know, I, I don't know. It's it's hard to tell. And I just wish, I wish that I could go back and watch my yes. my younger self play. Because I never, you know, when I was particularly younger, I never like competed in golf or I never like played a match or, or actually like took it that seriously. I was just kind of out there playing. And I think I was hitting like, you know, decent shots sometimes. I'm, I'm sure, of course, I was hitting terrible shots like I do now, um, but yeah, it it would just be interesting. I have almost like little to no perspective of of you know the sh- type of shots that I was hitting, and I and I kind of wish that I did.
0: Well, I know this. Uh, that seventh hole is was a hundred and forty two yards, and I hit pitching wedge on it as a junior, and I would have to take more club than that now as a thirty six year old. So I'm not sure what that would say about me yeah. and my skills. I don't know how you're hitting <laughs> the ball farther at fifteen than you are at thirty thirty six, but. That is the truth. I could I can't recall every shot from every match, but I can tell you with certainty every single shot I hit in that finals match. I think like in psychology, you actually like are scientifically, you remember more bad from your childhood than you do than you do good. I can certainly remember like the bad losses from like you sports versus like the the bad like the the great wins. Um but like I said, that one has has been buried in my subconscious for a long time until Alex jogged it deep from the depths last week after listening to the podcast. So. But I think that speaks to,
1: like, you know, you had to just, like, like the amount of pressure that you were putting on yourself, on every to be able to recall every single shot, like, it, it's just so, like, it had to be weighing on you so much, like, you know, in that round, I guess. <laughs>
0: Definitely wanted to win that tournament. Definitely, like, when I say I can feel myself, like, in that bunker, just, like... I was not like a troublemaker kid. So when like the adult quote unquote, the adults like started getting mad that we were like not playing, we were just arguing. I could feel like, like, Oh God, I'm going to I'm going to like get in trouble now. Like they'll tell like the clubhouse, I will get in trouble and like be punished. Um, I don't know. I was, I was raised very well by the way. So this is not <laughs> like, this is probably not my parents thing, but just like Catholic school kid, like all that stuff. So I could like feel like the anxiety of like, Oh, like somebody's going to budge here and I guess it'll be me. And I, I'd say yeah. with like sort of confidence, I don't think I've budged since that point on any argument <laughs> ever. It's not a great quality, but like I said, like I have, yeah, I've probably annoyed like a lot of like volleyball players and golfers. Like, just I just I just won't ever let that happen again. That's not a good quality, but that's just factual, unfortunately.
1: Scarring, yeah, scarring. Wow.
0: Well, I'm happy you were able to get that
1: off your chest, and yeah, I feel uh, I feel great reveal. right now. <laughs> they say that you know. That this seems like a cathartic experience for you, and I'm sure you're actually you're gonna sleep very well tonight. And now having got this off your chest, so uh, if nothing else, at least we've done that for you.
0: That's very nice. I'm sort of picturing like one day, you know how they had Bill Buckner back at Fenway Park, and it was sort of like the forgiveness day at Fenway. Like everybody cheered him. Like he sort of got those like got like the monkey off his back. Like one day I have to go back to Jamestown, and they have to like present me the Junior's Trophy. And that will be when I can finally let this go. I think when they like give me my, give me my honor from now, it'll be 21 years ago. And it's still like as fresh as day.
1: Yeah. Let's. Did you say you called the clubhouse to see if they had the record? I did. I did. I was
0: like, I I was like <laughs> so I called and I was like, I know this is going to be like the craziest question anybody's ever asked, but is there any chance you have like the posters from, cause it was like a Titleist like bracket, like had Titleist golf balls all around the <laughs> borders and like the bracket in the middle And I know they have, like, that storage room, like, next to the bathroom. So I was like, is there any chance you have the Titleist tournament bracket from 21 years ago in juniors? Did they humor you, or was it just a flat-out no? It was like, no. (laughs) (laughs) Like, all right, right, cool. Thank you. Thank you. All right. (laughs) But imagine but, yeah. if they did. Oh, know. that would have been amazing. I, I had it w- shipped to your house. For- <laughs> I would have had to ship to my house so I could burn it on national television <laughs> and just sort of like I said, like decathex a little bit. But yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Thanks for thanks for uh thanks for listening to that. That was like I said, it's a lot. It's written up extensively tomorrow in almost the same words. Um and yeah, like I said, I think at some point I'll probably go to some therapy and they'll they'll trace a lot back to that. But but for now I'll just keep going on being an asshole on the volleyball court when I do have a chance to play. Fair enough. All right. All right. Real golf, dude. Should we get to real golf here? <laughs> I t- that is, I, I would call that real golf. But yes, yeah, we, can right, well, like, pro- we
1: can move on to professional golf. Yes.
0: Uh, I will, I will ask you this question: um, What was more exciting, my juniors' my juniors' final at, at fifteen years old, or the end of the Mexico Open this past week? <laughs> That'll be the transition uh, to uh, tournament.
1: I'll be very honest. I actually switched off the the Mexican Open, so that I think that answers your question, right? All there, right, perfect, so, perfect, uh, yeah, yeah. This week, I, though, this week yes. I will say not the not the best field, but. I'm pretty excited for it, so.
0: Yes, yeah, let's just, I mean, this is like the discussion on the Mexico Open is there's like a screenshot on Twitter like some way during the final round and it's like Nap, Uh, Valesky and like five other guys that even like hardcore fans have never heard of and just like overall, not a super entertaining tournament for me. I have no notes attached to it. I just felt like we were obligated to say it happened uh, and that should be the extent of the discussion unless you have something else that you'd like to talk about.
1: No, no, that's fine. Um, yeah, interesting seeing some of these like corn fairy tour guys get their first wins. Um, like a little bit older guy, Jake Knapp, I think is like he's been grinding a little bit on the tour for a bit. Yeah, Yeah. he's like late twenties. I will say, beautiful Um, swing,
0: too. Great swing tempo, and I will say for he's like one ninety plus ball speed with that, and I don't know how a swing that looks that smooth and that slow launches a ball like that that is impressive but like just not a lot of drama like not a lot of names like no notable storylines for me like nobody got cut in any survivor pools that i was playing like not a lot of not a lot of surprises anywhere just sort of like a dud event (laughs) for me
1: yeah so one of the things uh i was listening I, i don't even remember which podcast this was um but just talking about, you know, that one of the things that the PGA Tour kind of is able to hang their hat on, like th- this season, is is their, um, you know, their like quote unquote David story, right? Like the little, the underdog, like coming through, and, and and like the long shot guy, like coming through and winning a tournament, and and I think that that's a great point. But part of what used to make that great is like we used to have these guys battling, like Cam Smith and all these like giants down the stretch. And now we just like don't have that anymore, right? Like it's like Jack, Jake Knapp battling like Valamaki, right? Which like part, of, you know, you you want to see the if these like young guys can stand up to like the big time superstars, and the PGA Tour like just doesn't have them, or like I mean we have superstars, but they're like t- they can't win golf tournaments, right? Like like Xander and Cantlay right. is like the best the best that we have. <laughs> and Scheffler, and like they haven't won in like a year. So I it it's just you know it's difficult to to call them superstar like they you know they they're where their game their stats and where their game is you know currently sitting I, they're well deserved to be in the you know the top five whatever you know OWGR but like they you got to go out and like win sometimes too there's like forty events a year for God's sake like you have at some point like you got to show some kind of like Sunday killer instinct and and make us think that like you're actually going to be able to close out like I, I think that that is one of the big things that the PGA Tour is missing and you think about a lot of these guys like for better or worse like you know like Bryson and, and Brooks and and many of the guys that went over to the PGA Tour like when they had a lead on Sunday you wanted you at least had confidence that they were going to like close it out and like have that like sort of killer instinct mentality. And like guys were going to be able, you know, you you maybe wanted to see guys take them down, but you felt like that was like a, a feat or like an accomplishment if it happened. And now like that just seems like it's kind of missing, I guess.
0: Yeah. And I'll say like, even for like, like Xander and Cantley, like if they give up a lead, not only is it not surprising, but I don't, I don't super care. Like honestly, it's just it's been yeah. so like used to it whereas like you said like you get a guy like DJ um whether you like him or hate him or Bryson or Brooks like not only is it a surprise when they don't close out but it's like a, an event because it happens so infrequently like they are a personality like they have sort of like an aura to them where it, it actually is like difficult to like chase them down um and and you know like those guys and like Taylor Gooch too like he's a super important golfer as we've learned this week um maybe you know maybe if he was playing in this tournament it would have been a little more legitimized um the greatest day in like golf twitter in a long time today like after he had his quote about um you know rory's green jacket like career grand slam would be like diminished or have like an asterisk next to it because they don't have all the good players there and um everybody and, had and a Meanwhile, like like,
1: just so we understand like the good live players will still be there just yes he, he every, will not be there. <laughs>
0: every good live player that matters whether they've won in the past there or not like like even the non-winners like bryson will be there uh neiman will be there and obviously then the the x masters champions will be there too um and that's all that really matters but like the field data, like data to golf today like that's like a, an analytics site that it, like for my money, is like the most accurate, probably top 100 ranking of golfers. Like, could probably do the best job of like incorporating both tours. But they had an amazing tweet that's like, we've added the Taylor Gooch like like uh um the Taylor the Taylor Gooch like stamp to these events and like gone back and looked at Brooks Koepka's PGA win, which is now certified because Taylor Gooch shot ten over, and that's really important or something like that. They had a field day with it. Obviously, all the golf pundits had a field day with it part of me sort of thinks like he's high level trolling cuz he's had so many crazy quotes from back in the day where it's like i think the first live event he was like the Ryder Cup like can't be much better than this right here and everybody made fun of him for that and then he didn't get in the US Open last year and was pissed about that i sort of thought he had a point there but then today's where he's like because i'm not playing in the masters like it's not legitimized like you just have to sort of laugh at a dude yeah. with that that much self confidence that has no factual backing whatsoever.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, some of these tournaments too, though, like U.S. Open, like you can come if you want it that bad, you can come qualify, right? Yeah, like and NASA he doesn't. He doesn't. No, you don't,
0: and he chooses not to. And yeah, so, uh, Sergio you know, does. Point, like it's. But yeah, it's and I feel even, like is
1: that would that not be the most like legit the the most legitimate way for you to you know show that live is legitimate yeah. and to come and qualify then of course if you don't you know you're taking a lot of risk on too like if you don't qualify then you, you just like get a clown bur- yeah, yeah you just get buried I, so i understand both sides of it but like you can't just come out and like whine on twitter like you know I, it just doesn't people aren't gonna sympathize with that i feel like yeah. so
0: and the kids got game, but like other people on live have game and have complained like Neiman, for example, like after he won the first live event of the year yeah. was like, I can't yeah. believe I'm not going to get in the Masters. But he went to the Asian Open and played that. He played another DP tour award of world tour event um, like he's played and tried to like show he's good and he is. And the Masters did invite him, which I think was was the correct move. But to your point, like at least he's going out there trying to grind and get into these illustrious tournaments, um, in the many ways that you can, like you may not realize looking at these fields, like the last five players in are usually like Asian tour winners, DP tour tour, tour winners on these like smaller events. Um, but he's grinding trying to do that. And that's, that's super respectable to try to get in, um, when he should be in in the first place, but still you, sometimes you got to do it the hard way and that's yeah. the price of making a yeah, hundred million dollars.
1: Right. Yeah. At least for now. Um, yeah, and show that, like, hey, I, still, I I don't know why you wouldn't want to do that. Just go, go play golf. Just go play golf for yourself, yeah. yeah. And just show that, like, you know, th- that your game is is still up there, and and that you deserve to be there. I I just think that that's that's the right um the right route to take. So
0: yeah, yeah. But yeah, we'll have a uh. We'll have a Taylor Goochless week this week, uh, in a tournament that, that Kev, you alluded to, and that I also am super excited for, um, not the field this course deserves, but the, the field that this course will get one of my favorite courses on the PGA tour schedule. We're at the cognizant classic, which is sounds weird. It's the Honda classic. It's been for many years now. It's the cognizant classic at PGA national in Florida, um, you know, one of the tougher non-major courses that'll be on the schedule, uh, a real grind, like a real test of of merit and skill. Um, I think I read something. Let me see my notes. It is the sixth of the last 10 years has been the toughest non-major course. Um, it has the most uh, double bogeys or worse uh, per 72 holes on the entire tour, all courses included. Um, one change they did make to make it a touch easier is they moved it from a par 70 to a par 71. Uh, it's about 7,100 yards. They moved the par 10, or the par 10, uh, the part the 10th hole, uh, was a par four last year, will be a par five this year. Um, it will go from playing as like the hardest hole all year to like the easiest hole all year because of that change. Um, but still a ton of trouble on this course, uh, a ton of water, a ton of sand. Uh, huge greens uh, which guys still miss like 40% of the time and a lot of holes you're talking like single digit birdie percentage um, so an overall tough test not a signature event so you don't have all the top players here but you do have like you have Rory as as the prohibitive favorite and then a great in my opinion like middle class of guys um, at the tournament that'll be interesting you know but maybe not for like the casual fan but for the hardcore fan like I'm super interested to see a lot of these guys play um, basically against Rory and against the course. Uh, Not going to get a Mexico Open Birdie Fest. Probably going to get a score like in the very low teens that wins this, which sort of speaks again to like the difficulty here. Um, I don't know if you're seeing this the right way. We got, Kev, me and you got this in Simulator League this week, so we will have uh, the test firsthand. Um, But like (laughs) real fun to have these guys like actually have to be challenged like every single hole and grinding it out.
1: No, yeah, absolutely. The word uh, "demanding" comes to mind. I would say you meant. I think there's water on in play on 15 or 16 holes. Um, yeah, water is just everywhere insane. is the note yeah. that I had down, and yeah. if that's the truth, <laughs> um, yeah, gotta those get those uh, Denzel memes ready. Um, the get wet memes will be yep. in play this week. We yeah, and, and that's the biggest thing is like you know Ed mentioned the larger greens, but it's super important to be uh you have to hit your tee shots in the right place on this course otherwise like you just can't access a lot of the holes um and i think that's why so many greens get missed um and also if you're if you're not accurate off the tee like and when i say not accurate i mean like just even like the slightest bit offline um you're just in the water versus like in a bad spot on many other courses so um ton of variability um ton of of doubles being made on the card and or or um you know we had our in our survivor pool um so far this year I, I do not believe there's been a week where there have been zero people cut we had that last week at the Mexico open um yeah.
0: that will not happen I, this week I I do yeah. not
1: think I, I I firmly believe that will do that will not happen this week um just a ton of variability and um yeah difficult to predict so we'll see
0: yeah a couple other things I was reading like less than driver a lot this week like the average driving distance like just under 280 yards Uh, a lot of plays less than driver. And then like with that really like no wedges at all into these greens, like a lot of mid irons, like one twenty five to 200. Um, And then I think like the, the signature stretch of this course is probably 14 to 18, like coming down the stretch or just a really, really difficult stretch of holes, Uh, 15, 16 and 17, like famously known as the bear trap. Uh, 15 is like 180 yard par three, uh, it's got water on that hole, 11% birdie percentage for that. Uh, 16 is like a 440-yard par-4. Um, let me see, 24% bogey or worse on that hole, and then 17, probably the hardest of the bunch, 27% bogey or worse on a par-3. Um, and then overall, this this course has the hardest set of par-3s, like those two included. Um, some other ones over 200, 215 yards, uh, so, yeah, like no easy buckets at all um, this week. So it'll be interesting to see uh, who we're going with in in this, uh, you know, this tracker that we have. Um, and Kev, you know, we sort of buried the lead here with the tracker, but incredibly successful Mexico Open week, winning 139 units. Congratulations. That is by multiples of, I want to say, like 20, probably the most profitable week either one of us has had all week. Uh, because of that, you're now at six hundred and twenty one dollars. I lost the minimum amount because I bet the minimum amount oh and five as always um, 568 there. So a hotly contested race. I'm interested to see where you're going and as the reigning champ of the Mexico Open, uh, I will allow you to open open the betting.
1: All right, I love it. Um, okay, I'm gonna begin with a top 20 bet. I will take um, Russell Henley top 20 that's at plus 130 uh, odds for50 dollars. Um, this guy, he's just basically a top 20 machine. Um, he super accurate off the tee, which as we mentioned is going to be needed here. Uh, one of the best iron players in the field. Um, and we're back on uh, Bermuda putting service this week. So I think he can possibly get hot with the putter. We will see. He's such an interesting player. Like he, he's like the kind of guy that you want to bet. I think in the top 20 market, like super, Low floor, super low ceiling, but he just finds himself in that like 10 to 20 range so often, like tournament after tournament after tournament. And I think he's had some pretty good success here.
0: Um, So I'm going to go with him um, for that. Super high floor, super low ceiling. Is what I think you wanted to say uh, there. Yes, or super, sorry, high super flo- both high
1: floor, low ceiling. Sorry. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, that's what I am
0: Yeah, I was like low floor, low ceiling. That sounds like a sucker's play to me. Yeah, bro.
1: low floor, low ceiling is means yeah. you just want to stay
0: away from those. <laughs> guys. Yeah. That's like me playing this course. Um all right, I like that. Henley will be a great, uh, a very popular survivor play as well. And and like in this field, like I think he's third favorite. So yeah, yeah. like a mediocre I mean, just, player, but up at the top.
1: I'm glad you said that. Cause I wanted to discuss with you. We haven't, we don't do this very often, but yeah. I wanted to discuss maybe after the betting segment, like who you think will be the chalkiest like survivor plays, yeah. particularly in like bigger pools and, and things like that. Cause I, I have some thoughts on some guys this week. But... So do
0: I, so do I. All right. I'd like to get to that. Um, all right. I'll start off with uh, my, my f- most favorite bet. Uh, this is an Alex special. It's inspired by him. It's an Alex theme podcast today. It's a, Five leg top 20 parlay that I made myself. Um Eric Cole, Shane Lowry, JT Poston, Killa Keith Mitchell, and Tom Hoagie. Uh, I'm gonna put $10 on that. It is plus $15,978. So I believe it's ten dollars to win uh $1,597 should wow. it hit. Um, and I'm going going for it all there. <laughs> but uh, all of these guys I'll sort of be touching on in my other bets, so I'll try to get to them now. Like Eric Cole, for me, um, will be in that discussion in terms of chalky survivor picks. Um, like, honestly, a pretty good bet to just win this tournament. Has has great course history at this tournament. And then if you just think of his game in a vacuum, uh, like not the longest guy, but like great ball striker, great scrambler, and like good enough putter to avoid three putts, which is sort of what I'm looking for. I think that's a great fit. Shane Lowry, uh, great course history at this course. Florida guy, plays well in Florida. That's sort of, again, like when you look at his game, I know it's not been in the best form, but his game fits well here. Not the longest, the most precise, but a good short game. J.T. Poston, great course history, has been in good form this year. Keith Mitchell, again, I'm going to say the same thing. Um, Slow start last week, which sort of took him out of contention, but ended up finishing the week pretty strong. Uh, a good combination of distance and precision off the T and then Tom Hoagie, like n- again, never going to win it like Tory pines. But if you put like a lot of mid irons in his hand, hopefully will be, um, sort of favoring his strength. So that's a lot. And that's not a very likely bet to play, but I just like putting those big ones together. I've been inspired yeah. in the last couple of weeks.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're tough to hit. Obviously. I'm a little nervous about that one, to be honest. I like all those guys. Um, a couple that you mentioned that just kind of yeah um, stand out. Obviously, if you remember the tournament from last year, Cole um, finished in second. Uh, he had the unfortunate finish there to Chris Kirk. Mm-hmm. Um, so great course history there, obviously. Keith Mitchell's a former winner here a few years ago um Hoagie, uh, I believe, does not have great course history here, but his form is so incredibly good right now that I, I think you, he's just the type of guy that you want to be on because um, his iron play is so strong. And the court, the thing about course history here, I mean, you can say you can kind of take this one way or the other. Like, I think that like if somebody has a like poor round here, you don't want to necessarily like crucify them for it because, as yeah. we mentioned, like the course is just so difficult um that that you know and everybody's vulnerable and everybody's in danger at at certain times so um you can take yourself out of contention pretty easily No, so i I like those plays um okay i'm gonna go with my next bet which is going to be carson young top 40 plus 125 uh for 50 dollars. i thought about taking him honestly even at, at a higher finishing position just for the juicier odds i was thinking about going top 30 but um I went with the top 40. I'm I'm a little nervous about some parts of his game, but but he's been gaining on approach for the last few weeks, I believe. Um very accurate off the tee. I think he um finished in the top 20 last year um and also gained on the putting surface here last year. So I I just want um somebody that's been kind of fitting that mold and and playing in that um in that manner. I I like Carson Young in general too. Um I, I think that he's the type of player that definitely could miss the cut. So I'm a little nervous about that, but I think if he makes the cut, I think he has a good chance to kind of, you know, um, have a strong finish on, on Saturday and Sunday. So I'll, I'll take him top 40 plus one twenty five,
0: Like that. He's been playing well too. Uh, always great to have the less heralded CA dot young on the leaderboard on PGA <laughs> tour, uh, leaderboard. Um, yeah, that's a good play. Again, if he makes the cut, you would like to think top 40s in, in, in play for that. Um, Yeah, we might have some similar boards. Like, I don't think I have much of the top of the top. Uh, I have a top 10 play. Um, Adam Svensson, top 10 at four to one. uh, Plays very well in Florida and putts extremely well on Bermuda, which is what we're playing here. Um, I think he's been in some pretty decent form the last couple weeks too, but I'm just going based on the residency and the putting there. So Svensson, top 10 in a soft field, four to one. I'm going to put 20 bucks on that.
1: I think he's had some good uh, Honda history, maybe, too. If my, I don't know that for sure, but I feel like that's correct. Um, okay, um, my next one's going to be an outright bet. Um, so this guy, interesting. He, he had a sneaky top three last week. Um, he has won at Heritage before, um, and he actually finished third at this tournament in 2021. Probably he's wait. No, good, oh, good guess. Right. He probably will be. I think maybe one of the chalkier, like long shot guys this week. Uh, but no, this is CT Pan. He's a, a winner uh, at, nice. at Heritage. Yeah, did very, perform very well last week. He's at uh, one hundred and ten to one. So I'm going to put ten dollars on that. Um, and yeah, just hope, just hoping to get lucky there. <laughs>
0: all right, I like that. All right. CT Pan. I don't know a lot about him if I'm being honest, but I like I like all those stats. <laughs> I've seen I him play, either. but yeah. Winner at a concourse like in
1: T3 last week is enough for me to fire on plus one ten. So yep.
0: <laughs> I like that. All right. I uh I maybe spoiled one of my pits. I, I'm on Doug Gim this week. I thought we were gonna be on the same guy, so I got a little bit excited. Uh it's been in scorching hot form the last couple of weeks. Top 10 at Mexico, I believe. Top top 10 at the Genesis as well. Played well at Tory Pines. Um, I got him in the top five for this tournament at twelve to one uh, for ten bucks. Um, again, softer field has been in great form, and if we're eliminating some of the bombers' advantage, um, that's where I think he'll come into play. Uh, but twelve to one is probably an accurate price. Um, pretty long, good, pretty good long shot there, but but give me the guy in good form. Like that. Okay.
1: Um, obviously, we we've talked um, about the difficulty of the course. I think that. Um, it's a tough week to pick Survivor. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna be honest with it right now. A- everybody's vulnerable. Um, so I'm gonna have a to miss the cut bet. Um I, I went with this last week, I think. Um, and I, I'm just gonna continue on it because I, I feel like I I'm gonna hit one sooner or later. And it's kind of just fun to take the favorite and root for him to miss the cut because I know a lot of people are gonna be on him, especially in Survivor. So I'm gonna take Rory to miss the cut plus four fifty. Um, I saw some other interesting to miss the cut numbers out there just as I was like scrolling through the odds. The one that jumped out for me most was Matthew Fitzpatrick, who is plus 175 to miss the cut. Oh my gosh. Which is insane, right? Like you'd think, I mean, even plus 450 for Rory is like not that high number. Like you you, like that, that just speaks to the, like they are not going to give you very much. Uh, you know, very much favor favorable odds in terms of guys missing the cut because they know how likely it is, you know what I mean? Not that it's yeah. more likely than not, but Rory's – I always find this disparity interesting. Like I think he's minus 900 to make the cut because yes. they know the perception of the general right. public, right? The general public is going to say, okay, here's my favorite – here's the favorite golfer in the field. They're 100% going to make the cut. Let me. I don't mind laying all this juice, and and let me just take it. Where in reality, like minus nine hundred is is just absurd odds to lay for yeah. anybody in this tournament to miss the cut. Even somebody Rory has the best skill set by far of anybody in this tournament. um, just but, takes three,
0: two or three bad holes on a lot of exactly. holes where you could very, very easily have exactly. a bad one.
1: And, and if they were actually that sure, they would lay a much higher number than plus four, or five, fifty to, to to miss the cut. Um, and they're just not. So it, to me, it's not the number that's attracting. I just kind of like to root for the chaos of the top yeah top guys struggling and and for some reason I kind of enjoy watching Rory struggle. I don't know what, what that stems from, but uh that's what I'm gonna go with for this week. So um I'll put uh let's go actually didn't write a number to value down. So I'm gonna pick this right now. Let's go uh fifteen dollars on that plus four fifty.
0: I like that. That is crazy. I'm not as surprised at the Rory number as I am the Fitzpatrick Fitzpatrick number staggering. Yeah, yeah. For being uh a- also Even his his outright outright number. Yeah, his outright number
1: is close to 30, I believe, right? Yeah, 28, and he's below
0: like... I don't know. I know he's been in shit form the last couple of weeks. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's the thing. And and I'm gonna say personally, like I, people, I've been hearing a lot of people online like say Tom Kim's a great fit. Not touching. personally, not touching. No, no
0: way. Uh, It's just the form. Like I
1: I don't trust. I don't trust him. I don't trust Patrick right now. I need to see a little bit more. Um, so we'll see, but
0: yeah, I'd say both of them, like in a vacuum, their skill sets, like like, are tailor made for an event like this and a course like this. But to your point, like I've watched them both play. I've been on both of them betting. Um, But more importantly, like I followed them like in the featured groups, like extensively and neither one of them have just looked like sharp enough to be, have any sort of confidence at all. Um, Yeah. That's, that's crazy. Um, All right. I mentioned this guy earlier. I got Tom Hoagie in the top 10, five to one for 10 bucks again in great form uh, and going to be a guy who hits a lot of mid irons into green. So I'm just hoping on him to get hot. Yep.
1: I like that. All right. My last one's gonna be a full tournament matchup bet. Um th- I'm gonna take Eric Cole uh over Tom Kim um at minus one thirty for thirty dollars. Cole is su- the whole world is on Eric Cole this week, just as a as a forewarning. Um but I but I like I understand why and I and I um I, I think his game fits and I, I think this is a great course for him and, and we could just go on forever. But um always a little bit of pause when that many people agree. Um it tends to not work out super well all the time and and or i think maybe you just like remember it better when it doesn't work out but um always a little bit cautiously optimistic there but uh hoping hoping that he comes through are
0: right, you got 30 on that or 130 I'll take 30, on that. 30 30, 30, all right, 30. Nice, yeah.
1: nice. minus 130 odds 30 dollars.
0: all right um i got him in my last bet my last bet is a 5 10 20 bet i sort of haven't hit any of these but i've been antagonizingly close um my top five is Eric Cole. My top 10's Rory McIlroy. And my top 20 is Ben on um, 35 to one. I'm going to put 20 bucks on that. Uh, we've touched on McIlroy, touched on Cole extensively uh, Ben on uh, just a great ball striker. Who's been playing exceptionally well. Uh, the, his aggressiveness concerns me at this course for sure. Um, but then, if you're, you know, if you're getting the tournament favorite to be in the top ten, and you're getting the second or third favorite, who's probably like, like you said, one of the more popular picks to just win outright, um, in the top five, I like that value. And then, yeah, the talent for Ben on is certainly top twenty talent. Whether he executes is is a different story, but we'll yeah. see. I like, I like. Yeah, him I like there.
1: the, I like the Benignan play. He's a little guy that came out. Um, I think he they hung him at like forty five to one or something when the odds opened, and he's just gotten hammered down. I'm seeing him at twenty eight now um so just a lot of again a lot of people on him this week but it makes sense yeah his um his around the green game has improved quite a bit the putting is still um concerning as always but yeah. um but he but he seems to be like much more confident in his game and and um you know more confident around the green so yeah i, I like to play
0: Great follow on Twitter, by the way. If if you're into that thing, uh, I I really enjoy uh, his commentary on golf in general, and and on the people that fire in his comments.
1: The guy, the 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 golfers that like aren't afraid to fire back at the at the dumb comments that get made uh, in their feed are are the best.
0: <laughs> He's like the anti Max Holma in terms of his his interplay with his audience, which you know I appreciate very much. <laughs> Um, yeah. All right. So you mentioned it, dude. I, you, like you said, they're going to be just looking at like the top 10, 12, uh, on the board here. Um, in terms of the survivor pools that you'll be playing in, uh, I can't believe how little confidence I have in some of these guys that I'm looking at. Uh, like, you know, if, if it wasn't at this course, I would say like, you just take Rory and sort of forget it. But I, me personally, not the week I want to burn him, uh, here. Like I, I want a week where he's going to be able to use his driver to be the best player in the world, which that that's what he's best at probably better than anybody ever. Um, so if that's going to be in the bag, the majority of the time, I don't want to burn that on him. I don't personally think he's going to miss the cut, uh, or finish outside the top 50 after two rounds for our purposes. But again, just like, I think there's more advantageous spots, um, Cam Young, like sort of the same thing. Like I want I want to use guys when their best skills are accentuated and I don't think that's here. Um, but then you get into like Henley and Cole and those are two guys that I would feel pretty comfortable taking this week. And it's just always uncomfortable taking Russell Henley in a tournament to to, to not screw you. And then, yeah, for Cole, like everything fits. It makes sense. It worries me when it's so unanimous to your point um i'd feel more comfortable personally I, I can't say i'm going to be doing this but i'm looking at like chris kirk down at 40 to 1 uh sung jay's not been in spectacular form but he's 40 to 1 too um so for me like just looking at the top the people that i would feel most comfortable with are probably cole uh i like poston i like lowry to an extent um and I think for the most part, just because of the floors that those guys have, like I, I don't think those guys will will be guys that'll get into a ton of trouble. Um, but frankly, I'm not seeing any like surefire, like yeah. this should be a guy that everybody's on. Set it and forget it. Don't stress about it.
1: Person here. Everybody's low floor, low ceiling.
0: That's right. Uh, That's we,
1: right. <laughs> um, yeah, Cameron Young is interesting. I don't I don't know what's gonna be done with him. I think that the highest owned one and done plays will be uh Henley and Cole. even though, yeah, despite what you said, Henley is just like super boring, but but I think that people are are like educated enough and then following enough now to know that i'm I'm interested in posting, to be honest. I think that he'll be like an underowned play, and i I think that he's a great option um to go with and and Rory is super interesting. I, I don't I think that I think that Henley and Cole. Will be more owned in survivor pools than Rory will for a couple of reasons. Whether either people have already used Rory or, um, to your point, they just don't want to use him at a field like this. Um, I don't know, that might be wrong. I'm hoping I'm wrong. I'm hoping that a lot of people are on Rory and that he misses the cut and I hit plus 450.
0: That'd be sweet. Um,
1: but we'll see. It might be, it might be, it's going to be pretty spread out this week. I think I agree. Um, so I'll be interested to see where people go.
0: Who do you think is the lowest guy on the board that you'll see in a pool this week? I have a, uh, I have a, a name to, in mind.
1: A, to make the cut, uh, like a yeah. survivor pool? Survivor pool? Um,
0: yeah. Like, I'm, now that I'm sort of scrolling down a little bit. Yeah. Like, I, I, see, I would not
1: be surprised to see, like, a... Um, McCarthy, like, Rose, for me. I would like say McCarthy. a lot of people are on Bazade and Hoot this week. Yeah. Um, if you're listening to a lot of people at 55 to 1, I wouldn't be surprised to see his name thrown in there. Any lower than that, I don't think people will have the balls to go that low um, for the most part. But, yeah, he would be a guy that I wouldn't be super surprised at seeing. Svensson, um, a lot of talk on him this week too. Corey Connors. um, Yeah, I don't know. We'll
0: see. Yeah. It's going to be an odd week but like I said as I've sort of said a lot on this podcast I enjoy when these guys have to grind to to win and there's trouble to be had everywhere and this is certainly one of those tests it's one of my favorite courses to see these guys play I I again question like why the PGA is making some weirder like signature events like these these iconic courses I think are like something that the PGA has to like lean into like yeah. this should be an event with yeah. all the good players at it because this would be fireworks down the stretch watching these guys navigate like you said s- 15, 15 holes of water and then the most double bogeys on tour like you want to see guys a like be able to put themselves into a hole and then like the grind for somebody to have uh, a couple bogeys on their first 9 and then spend the entire rest of the tournament um trying to have to play super aggressive to win for me is like a super attractive feature of some of these yeah. tournaments disappointing not to see like a scheffler and like a like a cantlay and uh you know all these guys in florida for this this is a perfect speed spot
1: not a good look to lose your sponsor one of your longest standing sponsors on tour of like 40 to 50 years that you've had um yeah just not a lot of not a lot of businesses i guess having faith in the the pga tour as well right now um but yeah this is a this is a staple um and to your point, like, I think they need to lean into that and pump that up and yeah. make these signature events and, and um, yeah, just, just make their, their schedule, their, their schedule is already recognizable, but the courses and the, and the, the, those types of things that people recognize are are one of the things they have going for them. So yeah, kind of lean into that a little bit.
0: Yeah. I got nothing. I will also say, just again, looking at the field, very excited to see the elder Hoygaard uh, playing this week. He's a great oh. name from the DP World Tour. I would not touch him betting, but like cool to see him like properly priced, in my opinion. I was actually excited to see the odds board because I was yeah. hoping he'd be somebody in the 70, 80, 90 range um, just because of the unfamiliarity with him. But he's a real player um, and, and will be great in this tournament, I think, and yeah. is is unfortunately properly priced. I think.
1: What's he listed
0: at? 50 to 1. And I'm just looking yeah. at the guys around him, like like he should be Denny McCarthy, Justin Rose, uh Pavon, yeah. Hoagie. Like that's that's proper for him. But I was really hoping I could get him at a better price than that pre-tournament. And in terms of out, yeah, in terms of Yeah, yeah. He's, he's been clean,
1: like cleaning up on the DJ right. World Tour. Right. Like, right. He's a stud. Yeah. He's a stud. And if you were on Nikolai last week, like I was, and just watched him do absolutely nothing on the yep. weekend, I wanted yep. a little uh, twin brother revenge this yep. week. But Let's same, same thing, I, I just couldn't get... how it should be done. Yeah. Yeah. I just, uh, I wanted to be on him in like t- the top 20 or top 30 market too. And I just couldn't get there on the price. But yeah, definitely a guy I had my eye on as well.
0: Yeah. All right, man exciting week. Like I said, it's one of my favorites. We'll be playing this course on Thursday. Excited to see how that goes. Um, we will update you on both those fronts, the results of this tournament and the results of a, uh, a best ball in, in sim league, uh, at PGA national. Um, it's been good stuff. I will be, uh, I'll probably be questioning myself as to why I'm still thinking about myself as a 14 year old, but that's, you never know what you're going to get on this podcast. Um, I got nothing else, man how you feeling headed into heading good. into the week here a week here
1: no i feel good i'm i'm excited i'm going to watch quite a bit this week I, I i love this course i've been here personally um a couple times um so i like i like looking at how it looks like on tv versus what i remember from from being in person and um yeah should be exciting, I, and I love the Florida swing as well. Super recognizable courses, tough courses, um, and it means we're that much closer to the Masters. So that's uh, right. Yeah, I'm excited. That's
0: right. Inside 40 days, if I remember, if I if I did my math correct, right?
1: Yes, sir. And I think uh, I been there's kind of like no, nothing official in the works yet, but I really want to run something this year, particularly if our um, if our survivor pool ends up ending before the masters, I kind of, I hope that it doesn't, but if it does, I really want to run something that involves, um, all four majors. Um, it seems like those pools are like super popular and I think yeah. it kind of, um, Brings the they're casuals attra- in. yeah, they're more pr- attractive to the casual people. So, um, yeah, I would still have that in the works, but something I de- I'm definitely looking into for sure.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, good stuff tonight, man. I appreciate you, uh, Uh, Stick around for my entire 45-minute story, um, and I can't wait to do this again next week, bro. Sounds good.